0: Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantov table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Welcome everyone to Parsha's Mishpatim. So the backdrop is that the Jews just got the Torah in Parsha's Yisro, like we explained last week, fulfilling the goal of Kabbalah Satorah, which is part of Yitzhia's Mitzrayim being free and having now the Torah and the mitzvot to follow. And the first parsha uh, that opens up is the laws that they're taught after getting the Torah, and it's kisikna evit ivri, if you buy a Jewish slave. So they're on bond, and many of the Rishonim are bothered. And why is this the first law that the Torah discusses right after Harsinai? And so he says that even though it seems to be very mundane, but it's explaining a very interesting thing, that a person has a Evid ivri, and the law is that when he Sends him out, he must give him gifts. And the Pasuk says later on, You should remember that you are a slave in Egypt, hashem and God redeemed you. And therefore, that's why I'm commanding you to do Ha'anaka, to give these gifts to the slave who's going out. And so, says Amban, that's why the Torah starts off with this parsha of buying an Ebedivri and all the rules that have to do with it, because it evokes Ysiyas some Trium, which I just experienced. So there's two lessons in this Ramban, I believe. There's many lessons, but two things I want to bring out. One of them is that everything in life, we need to take advantage of teachable moments. The Jews just left Egypt. They're feeling free. They're at the ultimate climax of freedom because they have the Torah now. They're totally free. And now they're subjugated to Hashem. And so we take advantage of that opportunity to teach them, you know how you feel when you left. Look, Hashem says, I gave you gifts. I gave you everything. You know what it feels like to be a slave. So A, make sure you treat your slave well. And B, when he leaves, make sure you give him gifts, just like I made sure that when you left Egypt, you also had gifts. So find those teachable moments. And two, we should train ourselves to learn from these moments, that whenever something's going on in our life, we should look and see, and how do we feel? And that should carry us forward and teach us how to look at other people as well. Moving on to Perak Haf Aleph, Pasach Gimel. So it says, that uh, the slave, the Jewish slave becomes sort of the property of the master. However, we know that uh, one who buys a slave has really acquired a master for himself, Hazal tell us. But it's interesting because says Ramban, Hazal tell us that the man, the master who bought this Jewish slave has to feed the his wife and children. So what's going on? This is not doesn't seem like a very fair deal. But the Ramban explains that no, you know if you bought this man, and you took on all of his responsibilities. And since you are able to ask him to work for you at all times, so he's not able to serve and take care of his family. So therefore, that's your responsibility. And says so Ramban, logically, you're kind of like the husband of this ma- this woman and the children. And therefore, what they produce, their sayada which is a halacha that the husband gets, you get it because you're the master and you get it as well. So it's a two-way it's a two street that you, you're responsible for them. But also, um, you get to... Uh, take their um that they produce. So, again, the lesson here is that if you have someone that's working for you, you're responsible to take care of them, especially if they're an and they're working for you full time. There's just an interesting comment in Parachafal of Pasuk Vav that, like we talked about, how the Ramban looks at the Ebenezer, but also um, criticizes him sometimes. And so, there it says that if the man, the Jewish slave, wants to stay for with his master, I love my master, I love my wife, I love my children, I don't want to leave. So the halacha is that he gets his ear pierced, and va'avadola olam, he should be a slave forever, which Rashi and the Ramban all bring down from Chazal, that means until Yovel. And the Eben here writes that I'll peep shot, it means forever, literally, till, the end, till, till he dies, he's a slave. And the Ramban criticizes him and says that Ravram, Ebenezer, forgot that which he was intelligent about in a different place where he actually quotes this Chazal. And uh, there's a there's a place in Parsh's Bahar, Perakhaf Hey Pasak Memal, that the Ebenezer quotes this chazal itself that it means still Yovel. What's the Pshat? So again, the Ramban himself argues with Chazal. He's not arguing with him, he accepts Chazal. That's the Halacha and that's the Psak. But for Hashkafa and for hey Mikriotzan pshuto that the Torah is telling us a simple Pshat as well, he also sticks with Chazal with with his own pshatim. He always defers to Chazal at the end of the day, but he, he learns a lesson. So there so the Ebenezer, the criticism here is, you know, not that strong. Seemingly, because first of all, the Ezra is moda in Parsha's Bahar, but it means what Chazal say. But just he's saying the Shot means that you're a slave forever. What's the shot though? The Pshat is that this man wanted to stay a slave. He doesn't appreciate his freedom. And so he is a slave forever. He's stuck. The Gemara and Subas, Dalfi Adolf, says, mm-hmm. The Eved loves to be hefker. He loves to be a slave. He doesn't like to have responsibilities, to have other, other masters above him. He doesn't want to be an Eved to Hashem. He wants to be an Eved to a different Eved of Hashem. So there's a chisaron And the yovel, which teaches us to be meshamid, all of our desire for olam haza, that, that's what frees a person. So the Eben Ezra and the Ramban and Chazal are all, are all true. That a person who is nichalei b'hefker, he wants to be a slave, that's a problem. And he's probably gonna be stuck in that forever. But hopefully the yovel could free him that understanding of bitl ha that's That's a great shtickle on the difference between shmita and yovel. It's not for now, but obviously one is bital ha one is bital ha etc. But that subjugation that Yovel brings, that freedom, that's what he's looking for. Moving on to Perak Chav Aleph Pasek Tesvav, the Ramban has two fascinating points that just bring out rules of mitzvahs. So he says that, why is it that if someone curses his parents, he gets a much stricter punishment than someone who hits them? So he explains two Shatim. One of them is just interesting to think about. When someone curses, curses their parent, they use Shem Hashem. So that's a lot more strict than hitting because they're using Hashem's name. But the other one is that he says a rule, which is that a person is around his parents and it's very easy for him to get angry at them. And he's around them all day. And it's a very frequent and common thing for kids to curse their parents and be angry at them. And so therefore, because of the frequency of the sin, the Torah punishes it more harshly to try to deter it. And he says, that's a rule of all mitzvahs of the Torah. All punishments are meant to deter the sin. And the more frequent it is, the more you have to, the more stronger the punishment needed in order to get the person back on track. The second shot he brings down in, on this plusic, not related to this idea, is just that the chron- chronological flow of the Torah is very strange. Because first it says that one is prohibited to hit his parents. Later it says one is prohibited to curse their parents. But right in the middle of this, which would seem to be something that shouldn't be interrupting at all, it talks about if you, right in the middle, it talks about that if you kidnap someone, you're of skilah. So what's up shot? It's why are you interrupting with this kidnapping in the middle? It should talk about hitting a parent. Cursing a parent. And then a different law about kidnapping. So Rav Sajjago and he brings down, or Bond brings down, that the reason it puts this in between is because most Ganavim, um, most kidnapped people are children. And what's going to end up happening is that if you kidnap a child, they're going to be distant from their parents and never develop a closeness with their parents. And when they do get back, then they will come back and actually hit and curse their parents. And therefore, that's why the Ganav gets this Misa for doing such a severe thing. So obviously this is a inter- interesting comment, but I want to say two things about that. First of all, again, Risagy is explaining that this is not a normal occurrence, and therefore it must be something prompted it. So he's saying that there's something very stressful and traumatic going on in the child's life if, if he's going to end up hitting and cursing his parents. And we should be aware of this, that if our children are acting out it's because of distress and pain and suffering that they're in, and we should try to lean in and understand that. Of course, we have to educate them as well about what's appropriate and what's not, but we should always lean in and try to figure out what's really going on. But Schwab has a very fast same shot that he says here. He says that those that relate to their parents, to those parents, sorry, that relate to their children with distance and disdain and judgment, as if their children aren't even really children and the children don't feel the love and they feel like they're kidnapped and that they don't have anything to do with their parents, that's where the child is going to end up cursing them. And a person should not put distance between himself and his child. He should always try to lean in and get close to this child. And that's what causes the maka and the kill from happening. And that's where Schwab's very famous speech, I believe in 1999, the Guta Convention. And it's just a brilliant thought. And he says also, but you see, of the paro, that Yosef described, his coming down to Egypt. I became a Av, a father. And... Um, Taparo, what does that mean? Rashi says that I became a patron, a patron of his, a close confidant of his, and a friend. And that's what a parent, people get offended when they hear this word, friend. Now, of course, there's a balance, but we should try to be a friend of our child. And this is not the place to extrapolate exactly what that means, but we should try to develop a warm, loving relationship with our children. Perik, Chaf Bey's Pasik Yudzayin, the famous Pasuk, Mechashefa Lo Sachaya, you're not allowed to let a witch live. So the Ramban says, a very strange expression. It should just say, the witch should be put to death, should be killed. So why does it say, don't let her live? So again, he brings down a rule that the Torah is being very strict. It's saying, don't don't even think about letting her live. She needs to be killed. Why? Because she's a chote u'machti. Because usually the magic is done to try to impress others or on behalf of others. And so she's causing others to sin. And the Torah is always very strict I'll tell, it's, it's worse to, to create cause someone to do an aver, and it is to kill them. Because killing them, at least they have a spiritual life, and they have olam haba. But causing them to do aver, so you, you make them lose out on opportunity in this world. And so therefore, the Torah is extra strict when it comes to people that negatively influence other people. And therefore, the mechashefah, lo sechaya, doesn't just say most tamalists, she should die. No, no, no. Lo sechaya, there's an aggression there of get rid of this horrible, terrible influence that's hurting other people. And he says you find the exact same thing in other mitzvahs as well. For example, you find that those that create more damage, like the mesas, one who seduces others to, to serve Avodah Zara, says, Don't have mercy on him. And the Rotseach says, Don't take a redemption for him. Because he's a Russia, he hurt someone else. And that's not tolerable to the Torah. Just an important lesson for us to always keep in mind. And finally, the last thought, which is what the whole purpose of all the Meshpatim is, parak Chaf Gimel, You should serve Hashem, and Hashem will bless your bread and give you sustenance. And says the Ramban such beautiful words. The Torah tells us, Only one who serves Hashem, you're the one that has success and being protected. The Torah is combating those that serve Hodesara. Why do they serve Hodazara, says the Ramban? Because they believe that this idol could give them something. They believe that they could get something under a desk, behind the counter, from this force and no, says the Torah, the only source for anything, any happiness and success in this world is for the person that turns to Hashem. And isn't that a summary and the most beautiful lesson that we should learn from Mishpatim, all the rules that will lead us into building the base of English for Hashem, to know that the only good that comes to us in life only comes from Hashem and there is no other source to get it. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.